0: Welcome to Hello from the Pluriverse, a podcast about sharing the stories of designers and design thinkers from different backgrounds around the world. I'm Leslie anne Noel, a designer from Trinidad and Tobago and a professor of practice at Tulane University in New Orleans. The name of our podcast is a reference to Designs for the Pluriverse by Arturo Escobar. In our podcast, we explore the stories of designers from many different countries, women designers, designers of color, and designers from the LGBTQI community. In our interviews, we explore how place and identity affect their work, what they say about design, design thinking, and social innovation, and what advice they would give to non-designers who are using design methods. We'll continue to share more stories throughout the series about designers from many different worlds, from our little corner of the world, at the Phyllis M. Taylor Center for Social Innovation and Design Thinking at Tulane University in New Orleans.
1: Welcome to the Hello from the Pluriverse podcast sponsored by the Phyllis M. Taylor Center for Social Innovation and Design Thinking at Tulane University, where we discuss the work of different designers and design thinking practices. My name is Natalie Hudnick. I'm in my second year in the Master of Public Health and Maternal and Child Health Program here at Tulane School of Public Health and Tropical Medicine. And I'm also a design thinking graduate assistant working at the Taylor Center. I'm originally from outside St. Louis, Missouri, and I have a bachelor's degree in cultural anthropology. I'm here today with co-host, Michaeline. Uh, Michaeline, do you want to introduce yourself?
2: Sure. My name is Michaeline Engelmeyer. I am a first-year student in the Master of Public Health Nutrition Program here at Tulane. I'm also a Design Thinking graduate assistant working at the Taylor Center and I have a bachelor's degree in dietetics and I'm originally from Chicago, Illinois. Today we're going to be listening in on the interview of Kareem Kali. Kareem was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. He graduated from the Pratt Institute with a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Communication Design in 2001 and he spent the next decade as an art director for clients including Nickelodeon, USA Network, Coca-Cola, Starwood, and Mercedes. From, 20, uh, from excuse me, 2006 through 2011, he and his business partner launched and then ran the design studio Demetrius II Incorporated. While he also taught graphic design at the Pratt Institute through 2012, Kareem earned his MA in cultural and commu- in culture and communications in 2016, and is currently the user experience design lead at IBM in Los Angeles, California.
1: So this interview was originally recorded in the fall of 2019. Michael and I I are here today to hear what Kareem has to say about his approach to design thinking. After the recording, we'll be here to discuss our thoughts and what we learned, and hopefully spark some discussion for our listeners. So let's take a listen.
3: My mom tells me this story where I was, um, I think I was like two or three, maybe three. Yeah, let's say three or something to that effect, between two and three. And she put me like this. Uh, a rector set like one of those little play, like toys where you have like the the the, um, the little sticks and they fit into like the holes and you build like these great you know monuments yeah totally. <laughs> these like toys right um, and so um, she said how she bought you know, I think she bought me one of those for like a Christmas and left the room and came back and the the thing on the box i built she was like oh okay (laughs) some 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 skills here um so i from a early from a very early um period in my life i enjoyed making things and building things and and drawing um when i was in like elementary school i'd be one of the guys that can draw and i'd be battling folks to see who can draw the coolest car or a superhero and stuff like that. And um but while in <clears throat> but also while I was there I was always interested in like making. Like I I remember having like sketchbooks where I would, you know, try to like design like a hoverboard and I'd be like thinking about what well, if I took a fan and I took this and I try to like <laughs> like really like engineer I would be like trying to engineer these like um objects. Um, but when I was, uh, throughout each of my um, early childhood education, let's like say, um, uh, elementary school, junior high school, and high school, there was always someone, one of, my, one of my teachers, who was like, hey, you know how to draw, or you're good at like this art thing. You should try this program. And so in elementary school, um, actually when I was, I was born in New York, uh, but moved to Florida for a spell. And um, I remember I had a professor, uh, a teacher named Mr. White. He was the art teacher, and we would go to art class. And this is when actually elementary school still had like, you know, every school had like <laughs> <Yeah>. a <laughs> like a, yeah, no child left behind, wasn't there? Exactly. Um, so so yeah, I was. Uh, he put me into like an after-school art program. Um, that was like the first time that that happened, and then. I moved back to New York, and in junior high school, um, I had another teacher who was like, "Man, you're like, you're a really good at drawing. I'm going to give you this grant to go to this Pratt um, Pratt Saturday program." And so, like, I ended up going to like Saturday programs at Pratt to draw, and um, I think I was taking like comic art or something to that effect. And then um, in high school, similarly, I was I went to um, a school in New York called Brooklyn Technical High School, which was uh, one of their advanced high schools, uh, in this particular one, I was there for architecture. And my architecture professor was like, "Hey, you should go to this program um, and and suggested that I go try out for the Cooper Union Saturday you know arts program so i always I've always had like someone in my corner in these academic spaces that was like, "Hey." You know what you're really good at that you should go here and so that was great and then of course my my parents always supported me like i don't think i had a christmas or a birthday where i didn't get something like a a book of like a a blank drawing pad or pencils or stuff like that i actually didn't get my bachelor's in architecture i um in studying architecture uh and, and in high school, and then studying it in, in college. I, I don't know, I, I, I really enjoyed making, and I really enjoyed building, and I really enjoyed drawing, uh, like creating architectural sort of like objects. But I really, I was much more interested in like the artistry and the craft of it than let's say strength of materials, right? Like yeah. in physics, and um, I don't know, that kind of, I started to sort of move away from the, like the, the mathematics that were involved in, in building and really became interested in just more fluid, like designing and making. Um, so while I was at Howard University, I actually switched uh, majors um, about halfway through and decided that I really wanted to sort of take up digital, what they call at the time digital, no digital art yeah it was called digital art Um, wasn't even called graphic design or anything like that it was just learning how to use these digital tools and and then from there i i decided that that was a direction i wanted to move forward in Mm -hmm. architecture has consistently been a part of how i think about like design and you know the structure and using the grid and 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 the function of a page and just moving through a space i i remember when i was in you know like in uh when i was studying architecture <clears throat> i would sort of like sit down and do these sort of meditations where i would try to build a structure like just imagining it and just seeing pieces come together and trying to like create these objects um and um i don't know i feel like that that practice and that that sort of focus on building and, and, and structure has really taken part in how I approach my design practice. It's super interesting trying to, like, you know, just sit back and, like, not use a sketchbook or not even have this real intention of, like, putting something down, but just the practice of, of like, creating and um, drawing, I don't know, just drawing things together in your mind. It, it was a, it was actually a great practice. I stopped doing that a long, long time ago. My identity is inherent in like how I see and interpret the world. so I can't I think um, just the filter that I use when i when I wake up in the morning and step out into you know uh, step out of the door is is shaped by that. Now, now i grew up in east new york brooklyn or i grew up in brooklyn uh in the 80s and 90s which was a heavy like a, a very um minority i mean i wouldn't even say i would even go a little further it was a, a, a largely african-american and uh i would say uh minority a set of minority communities. So you have African-Americans, you had, you know, like large Jewish communities, you had large, like Italian communities, Asian communities. Um, But they were all very sort of like culturally entrenched, right? Like you can go into these pockets and you feel like you're in a different world, right? Um, So, you know, coming from that space um, was really interesting going into Howard University where, you know, there was a very specific type of, you know, blackness, I think, that, you know, you saw in Brooklyn. And then you're at Howard University where it's what they call the Mecca. And it's like this this um, this flood of like African Americans and the people of the diaspora sort of arriving uh, with all types of cultural influences and understandings of the world and perceptions. So one of the things that Howard did um, was to sort of open up my perception of what it was to actually, what it means to be a black man. Um, and creatively, um, most of the work that I did while I was there sort of touched on, you know, uh, it was it was more of the fine. like I said, it was digital art. It was much more like fine art. So a lot of the, the work that I did looked at my culture, um, tried to amplify aspects of it um, oftentimes took a bit of a critical lens on my culture and the uh, the 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 culture that we were sitting within um and and um i even started like a little design studio i was there that's when i first started like a little freelance uh company and was selling t-shirts and uh, um so those things did influence because they were heavily sort of like seated within the culture. Um, yeah. Um, I, I would say that Pratt Institute um, sort of helped me be more broad in my perception of what I was talking about. Or like broad in like my perception of the world and allowed me an opportunity to express more richly, you know, my surroundings. And, um, and so some of the work I did there, really started to move away from like culture, like specifically my cultural critique and started to move into looking at like um, commercial, commercial, commercialization, politics, um, started to ask a lot of questions around culture, just in general, like like cultural theory, um, became very interested in, in that, like just how we all are working within, sitting within the system and, and working with one another. Um, that, of course, while I was doing a lot of, like, really honing my skills in typography and, and branding and so forth. Um, oh, man. My, so my role here is, so I started out as the creative director, right? So I brought me up as a creative director. Uh, I quickly learned that I wasn't really directing anyone because there wasn't any other designers here. Uh, this is an interesting space. So we're a design, we're a Uh, We are the Center for Collaborative Creativity. Um, And I say that because, you know, spaces like this oftentimes are are looked at as innovation spaces, uh, where innovation happens using design thinking. But uh, we try to situate ourselves not necessarily as a space for uh, innovation, but rather as a space where we um, are... Trying to engage, trying to, to engage the liberal arts um, through uh, design thinking and human-centered design and uh, design theory, and, um, and really trying to to help students reimagine—I wouldn't say students—help students and faculty reimagine how they're engaging their disciplines um, by offering them tools and methodologies outside of the discipline uh, which oftentimes gives you a different perspective or alternative outcome um, so so my role now is um, so i went from creative director to director of design and creativity and so what i do here is i still you know like drive and and i'm building the brand um, of the hive but i also uh, manage all the maker spaces which we have three of, we have um, a print lab, we have like a space where we do sewing and, and other craft oriented things. We also have a, 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 a more of a building space where we have wood making, like woodworking, um, some metal smithing. We mess around with like clay and other building materials. Very analog, not a lot of digital oriented materials here. Um, and I also teach a couple of classes. So I teach a human-centered design class, and I also teach um, a class called uh, Critical Design Studio. And um, and then I also am working on the experience design of the Hive, where we're really asking the question: How do we express the um, the, the the values um, of the Hive? Um, to the individuals who walk in and the public. Like what, what is our cultural expression? How does that manifest itself in our habits and actions, as well as like the way the space is um, you know, designed and, and information is made available? Yeah, design thinking is interesting to me. I, so um, prior to going to the D school, right, because I went to the D school, that's where, that's how I know Leslie um prior to going to the d school i actually did not know what design thinking was um so just to step back a little bit uh, after pratt i spent about i would say at pratt and after and after pratt altogether, i spent about 15 years in the industry uh in the design industry and so um you know I worked in branding, I worked in advertising, I worked in like multidisciplinary studios doing sort of like marketing and product design. I even owned my own studio for a while. Um, but I, and then I also taught at Pratt for about seven years, I taught uh, design. And, and throughout all of that, I consistently felt like I wasn't really tapping into what I thought design was. Um, when I was at Pratt, just to you know, uh, frame my understanding of design thinking a little bit more. My senior year, I I found myself doing these projects that were, and I and I look back on it now, and I can say sort of like these S, these critical these critical. Um, critical expressions of like research that I've been doing, whether it had been into like an essay around like McDonaldization of America. I was like, Oh, what is that about? And I go deep into that. And then I would sort of express these ideas and my interpretation of it in like these visual forms. Um, Or I found myself at one point going out into Brooklyn to build like to, to with the goal of, taking photographs of architectural like elements and forms to then build a typeface out of like these really cool architectural like elements but then realized but then find myself becoming more interested in the environment and the social con- constructs around the architecture and and then it became this big poster series around like you know um the the, the people behind the curtain the people sort of not seen in the architecture um, and so I, I i always had this sense uh that design was a, a really strong tool for research and, and and communication of ideas more so than like branding or and so my entire career uh, i think it was about sort of finding out how to how to best do that but i kept find myself in like the commercial space, trying to do that. And, um, you know, that wasn't always what was being asked of me. Um, you know, you just want to sell a product, uh, not tell a story or not to, not to change, not to sort of like critically analyze or critically engage a subject. So, um, I actually, so I went back to school and I went to, I went to NYU and I, um, focused on like culture, critical theory, and cultural studies um, as my subject matter with uh, a focus on news media, actually, I would say towards the the last two thirds of my time there. And um, I started doing, I started really getting into um, theory and the methodologies that you find in like cultural theory or in critical theory and critical analysis. And so all of the time that I spent doing design, um, I now translated some of the tools and, and modes of, or research methodologies from design, coupled them with these methodologies from, you know, critical theory and, and like, um, and cultural theory and began to do these interesting sort of like design exercises. And um, when I look at them now, they were really much more about process than they were about the output um, and so uh, when i when I begin to think about going to when I began to think about what I wanted to do after i started saying i started calling what I was doing critical design critical design thinking, and then I started looking into the d school and i started i mean, I wasn't looking into the d school yet I was just looking around at like. Different ways that people were doing this, like beginning to to do, I wasn't design thinking. It was like there were a lot of classes around like innovation at, at at NYU. Not necessarily specifically around like design thinking, just like creative ways of problem solving. And um, for some reason, I just couldn't I couldn't get into a class. It was either that it didn't meet the schedule that I needed, or I wanted another class, or the teacher didn't get back to me. Um, and so. But I found myself really beginning to engage this. And then I found the D school and I was like, this is an interesting place. Uh And then that's, and so that's how I arrived at the D school um, through the work that I've been doing at NYU that was what I was calling critical design thinking.
0: Right. So you're basically paralleling what the D school was doing, stumbled upon it yourself, and then
3: elaborated. I wouldn't wouldn't say paralleling because they were doing they definitely have an entrenched uh, approach and perspective but I, I was really trying to use design as like a research methodology like complex ideas to folks um and um the d school was so so when i got to the d school i i was like you know i think the term design thinking is is a bit um a bit heavy-handed at times because i'm a designer who thinks <laughs> <Right>? like, <laughs> yeah So like, what is what does that mean what does design thinking mean when i'm a designer that thinks and then what i learned and what i what i appreciate about design thinking is that design thinking to me really is um this series of methodologies that have Figured out a way to methodize um, these very intuitive things that we do as creatives. Um, that only that does a couple of things. that offers us as creatives more insight into what we're doing, and also gives us some uh, uh, a platform for or or substructures to help us um, along that journey. Right. Um, when things like ambiguity happens you know that this is the thing that's happening right now you know why ambiguity when i was working on my thesis work i was like or even before that when you're trying to solve a problem and you just can't and there's too much information and it's just it's yucky and i remember being up at at, in the um i remember being up at 4 a.m in the morning like with a tear coming out my eyes like why is this happening right now right as a designer um but realizing that there's a, a concept um uh, a way of looking at this. And then there are tools that help you get out of that. It was like, oh, right? Like, I wish I'd had these tools earlier. Um, I wish I understood that this is what I was doing here and this is what I was doing there. So yeah, design yeah. thinking is very helpful in that way of like solidifying some things for me. Mm-hmm. Life is am- ambiguous, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, a few years ago, my wife said, I'm pregnant. And I was like, oh, that's (laughs) right. (laughs) Right? Uh, Like a couple of years later, she said, hey, guess what? I'm pregnant again. I'm like, oh, (laughs) right. So you just have to deal with these situations. And, um, you know, like that's what life is. Life is about moving into the challenges that are ahead of you, right? We're always moving forward, right? Uh, We're about moving into these challenges. And, and tackling them. The thing is that these things are in the future or, or, or in the present. They're not necessarily, there's not necessarily written in a book that you can always go to and review and get the answers from. So um, ambiguity is a part of life and um, having tools to, to engage it. I mean, that's just it's absolutely important. I think that we have a, there's a, large, there's a big problem right now with the word design. Um, there's this book, I forget, Haskell, I forget the name of it. There's a book called uh, A Short Introduction to Graphic Design. A Very Short Introduction to Graphic Design, I think it is. But in it, the author says something like, design is to design, design is to design a design to produce a design. Design is to design a design to produce a design, right? Got it, yeah. And in the... Funny. And talk about ambiguity, right, like, is such, the word itself is so ambiguous, right, because it's used in so many different ways depending on where you're sitting in, in a creative process, right. Um, you have the thinking of something, like trying to formulate an idea. Um, you have the, the action of doing something, and then you have the thing that is output. And all these things are called design, right. Yeah, you can you can use it as a verb, as an adjective, right? Yeah. Um, so so my first my first that's my that's my that's where I start this statement that I'm gonna make is just to say okay like first let's pause at the word design. I think that um for non-designers, if you're interested in design, then if you're interested in and becoming a designer, right? Then I think that it's very important to go through the rigor of understanding the tools, understanding the practices of designing, right? But we all design, we all, like, we all design. And so we all have the faculties of design, like inventors, are they designers or are they inventors? Do they go to school for design or are they just inventing things? But it's all a part of like, um, you know, I think uh, Francis Bacon's, you know, sci- you know, his notion of the um, scientific process, right? Um, you know, all of these things are like how to move from information and data with a hypothesis to some sort of like output from that hypothesis. And, um, you know, for example, as simple as, uh, I say this all the time, when, you wake, when I wake up in the morning, I look at my calendar and see what is happening today. I look at, you know, uh, I ask, I just started asking Siri to tell me the, 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 the weather, which has been cool. <laughs> uh, and then I, then I put that data together and I say, oh, what do I need to wear today? I need to, you know, step outside. And so, in fact, I've just designed, you know, my approach, my, like, physical approach to the day. I mean, we all do that. I mean, most of us do that. And so um, design is a very ubiquitous human thing. Um, so, but the problem is, is, it, is the word that we're using the right word to describe that very human thing? I'm not sure. Is it creativity? Is it design? Is it invention? Is it need, desire? All right, there are a whole bunch of words that I think could sort of fit into that space. Um, but But to understand the formal um and the formal sort of like qualities procedures and methods of a design practice for example you're looking at architecture right i have an architecture background but that has been sort of assimilated into how i now look at visual design right so i have a visual design sort of acumen right now i can do visual design. i understand it i look at it i can do things and that takes practice. And, and so, um, though design is a very human thing, to become a designer, uh, it's very important to sort of set your mind to that and go and practice this thing because um, otherwise you are, you're not going to be able to, I think really, we need, we need people who are going to add positively and thoughtfully to the world, right? And, um, and part of that thought, part of that added in this is good design, right? Whether it be design of systems, design of services, design of products, design of communities, right? Which I mean, that can be a system as well, right? And so, um, but that comes with like very specific knowledge, very specific engagement with the practice and, um, and then a thoughtful approach to the engagement of that practice in reality. Um, and that takes time and practice.
1: Thank you all so much for listening along with us. Now we are just gonna talk a little bit about our key takeaways from the interview. Uh, Michaeline, how do you think place and identity impacts Kareem's work?
2: Um, that's a great question. Kareem talks a lot about growing up in Brooklyn in a neighborhood that was you know, still predominantly African-American. Um, different from the the gentrified vibe that characterizes Brooklyn in this day and age. Um, he talks about always feeling supported in his creativity and his academics, which seems to have really impacted the way that he views and experiences the world. And the support seems to have left him feeling empowered enough to eventually move away from, you know, in his academic career, away from the mathematics field and to instead follow his more creative impulses. So. In short it, it kind of seems like the environment kareem grew up in really allowed him to grow into himself and learn to follow his dreams what did you think about this yeah
1: um kareem talks about how his, his identity serves as a filter or a framework of sorts for how he sees and interprets the world and like you mentioned michaeline growing up in brooklyn and going to howard uh howard university have played influential roles on his life Uh, Kareem described Brooklyn where he was growing up as culturally entrenched, where he could go into these pockets of other people's culture and it would feel like he would be in a different world sometimes. And then Kareem also talks about how he had opportunities at Howard to explore his culture using a critical lens and eventually exploring other cultures and the concept of culture itself. All of this and more are reflected in his identity and are part of that filter he has when he wakes up in the morning and goes out into the world.
2: That's an awesome way to look at it, that we all have a filter through which we view the world. Um, So what did you feel like you learned about Kareem from design, design thinking, and social innovation? Yeah, Kareem described design thinking in terms of how it's about methodizing
1: what creators or designers do when they create or design. I think this is an interesting way to think of or define design thinking because it seems to allow opportunities then for non-designers to understand the processes and methods of creators or designers and then possibly use that process or processes for their own work. Uh, What about you?
2: Um, you know, it seems like Kareem believes that we're all designers and conduct design work in some capacity in our day-to-day lives. So sharpening those skills by understanding and cultivating design tools and understanding the practice of design thinking is important, though, if one wants to design in a grander or more formal sense, um, it's important to ensure one is designing in a socially responsible manner. So um, I felt like I got a new perspective on design from, you know, listening to his perspective. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, so you and I are both not formal designers, um, but we do use some design methods in our role with the Taylor Center. So, what advice did you take away from this episode for non designers who are using design methods? One piece of advice that I
1: took away is that you have to understand the tools of design a little bit more indepthly in depthly and how you want to use them and engage with those tools. These tools and methods take time to understand if you want to use them effectively to make an impact on something. Kareem really seemed to emphasize this concept, while we are all designers or design, or we design things in some ways, the methods and the tools that designers use are still important and should be understood. And I think this is crucial because you don't want to just jump into a discipline and start using tools that you don't understand. Truly make a positive impact or outcome on whatever you're working on. You need to understand how to use the tools. Um, What piece of advice did you take away?
2: Um, well, kind of building off of my thoughts in our last question, non-designers who want to explore design more deeply should submit themselves to really understanding the tools that are available and the practices that have been implemented. So learning these things is a process. And I think acknowledging that there is a whole host of information out there about this field is the first step in better understanding the process of design thinking, really acknowledging the, the breadth and depth of you know, resources and information that's out there.
1: Yeah. That's uh, really interesting.
2: Um,
1: Was there anything that Kareem said that surprised you that you didn't agree with or that inspired you?
2: Uh, I love the idea Kareem speaks to of embracing ambiguity and being comfortable with uncertainty. Um, I think it's a really hard thing to do because as humans, we struggle to surrender and go with the flow. We like to have control over our own fate, um, but it can be done. We can learn to surrender. And that's a powerful powerful tool in the arsenal for anyone, you know, both designers and non-designers. What did you think?
1: Yeah, um, I also found that inspiring as well, Michaeline. Kareem even says, life is ambiguous, and it really is. There's no blueprint or an explicit way to do things. We just have to live, we have to just live and work and see where that takes us and adjust when we need to. And this is hard to do. I know I struggle to go with the flow because I feel like we are taught in such rigid ways that there are certain ways to do things. So being able to accept and embrace the ambiguity, like you said, and like Kareem talks about is honestly just inspiring. But what do you think, listener? Please feel free to check out our website and let us know what you thought about this episode in the comments. Thanks for listening.
0: We hope you enjoyed this interview from our Hello from the Pluriverse series. A special thank you to Arturo Escobar, the author of Designs for the Pluriverse for opening the space for conversations about pluriversality in design. Many thanks as well to all of our interviewees, our Design Thinking student team, Ruby, Lupe, Delaney, Tran, and Wissal, the students of the Fall 2019 sci 3010 class, Levante, Lucas, our editor, and the rest of the team at the Taylor Center at Tulane. If you have any suggestions for our program, please email your comments, suggestions, and questions to taylor at tulane.edu. And also, you can visit our website at taylor.tulane.edu.